Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtz Cast. Cole Petham here as always and welcome back to the very first match preview or opposition match preview of the season i should say very pleased to have this back on the pod it feels like it's been forever since basically we've had two seasons merged into one since covid so it's nice to have a little break but nonetheless it's good to have Premier League football and just football in general um, back in the swing of things. Of course, we play at Watford on the weekend away at Vicarage Road. So with that being said, we do need a Watford fan. And that is Mike Duffy from the Voices of the Vic podcast. So without further ado, Mike, how's it going? It's going very, very well. Thank you. Um, glad to be back on Opposition Fan Podcasts and talking about the Premier League again. It's it's great saying that we're a Premier League club again uh, after we uh, after we relegated 2019-20 uh, season. We're back in a big time and uh, I can't wait for it to, be, to, to get started again, Cole. I really can't wait. Oh, I know. I know the feeling. Trust me. Um, with those few seasons we had in the championship, I was just kind of sitting there thinking, will we ever get back to those days? And you know what? There's just so much glitz and glamour that goes with it. Um, but at the same time, you kind of have to appreciate the championship for what it is, too. It's a very kind of um, yeah. tight knit community, I should say, when it comes to some of those clubs you see. And it can be getaway days. I wish I could experience those, but maybe one day. But anyways, <laughs> let's get on to uh, Watford's kind of uprising i guess you could say of course relegation heartbreak on the final day um i guess i'm very pleased to say that we survived uh that season so thank you var for going with us for once or goal line technology whatever you want to boil it down to on that day but going down coming right back up uh, what are kind of the general thoughts of the squad right now and just the mentality around the football club yeah well i think the most important thing and as obvious is this might sound it, it was to get back up at the first chance as as Villa knew it didn't quite work for them going back at the first chance but luckily I think it was a season after that that they went up but it, it's it can be tough if you get stuck in the division below and then add on top of that the uncertainties with COVID-19 and you know it's since come out in um you know other podcasts of Watford that COVID-19 really hit Watford's like in terms of financial wise it really hit us so if we didn't come back up this season or the season just gone sorry we would have been in a lot a lot of trouble uh, and I, I think some fans sort of forget that so to go back up is absolutely fantastic I think we're in a really good place in terms of mentality wise we've got a, a, a head coach who he's Mr. Yes he's Mr. Motivator always a smile on his face you can tell the players love him he, he knows how to be serious he knows when to be you know, jokey and and sort of that lovable character that we all love. Uh, so he, he finds the right mix, really. Uh, we've had ten new additions through the door, which the owners have said openly in interviews that they wanted to get the recruitment right this time round. We in 2019-20, the year after we reached the FA Cup final, the year which we inevitably went down in, it was clear that the sort of recruitment wasn't perhaps the best and, and definitely cost us in the end. So for them, they wanted to get it right this time round. And obviously with getting relegated, it was a bit of a shock to the system financial wise. So they want to try and be sort of savvy as well with the money that they're spending. So it's, um, yeah, some, some new faces have come in, but I'm, uh, I'm really excited. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it annoys me because when you come back up, I've I've forgotten now um, how you get written off straight away. You know, every prediction I'm seeing on Twitter, every pundit that's doing predictions, yeah, what for the gun this year? What for the gun this year? They said that for five years. 
and we were in the Prem for five years before we got relegated. So I'm happy to prove them wrong on that. I, I hope the lads do. But uh, yeah, it's just so, so good to, to get back at the first time of asking because um, not very many teams, uh, you know, after the first time of asking, they don't quite do it. Not many teams, unlike Villa, obviously, not many teams then go on to do it. You can get stuck in there and you can also, you know, start to uh, to go to go the other way, which, uh, you know, you look at the likes of Leeds, Leicester, Sunderland uh, in the past, they, they've, they've all been victim of it. So, yeah, just relieved to get back at the first time of asking. Yeah, massively. And I, I mean, it's always a tricky one too because there's this gap between kind of championship quality obviously and then there's almost like this hidden kind of space even in between that where it's like players that could do both but maybe just can't cut it (laughs) and then there's Premier League quality so it's kind of just kind of finding that even kind of ground to really push on and find success and then it comes on to that can you find players that can step up so with obviously Watford signing Danny Rose uh, Josh King of course on freeze is there one particular signing that you're kind of most excited about or maybe even one where you look at and say you know what he's the one that could really make a difference in us staying up this season well yeah i think the two you've pointed out there danny rose and josh king just want to say on those two i think those are fantastic signings i I don't know why none of the other promoted teams looked at josh king yeah he didn't enjoy the best of times at Everton. I think there were a few problems behind the scenes there from what Josh King has said in interviews since. But let's not forget, this guy scored 16 goals in, in the Premier League for Bournemouth. I think it was the, the season that, the first season that we were both in the Premier League, 15-16 season, scored 16 goals. You get a striker that does that and you're halfway to, to Premier League safety. That That's one of the main things. So, you know, he, there is a player in there. Uh, so I'm a little bit surprised that nobody else went in for him. Uh, and Danny Rose, everyone knows what he's about. Yes, he hasn't enjoyed the best of times recently. Uh, struggled with mental health. That's obviously had a knock and effect with his physical side and his fitness and everything. But there is, again, there is a player in there, you know, Danny Rose capped so many times for England. We know what he can do on his day. If he can get his head down and knuckle down, then we know there's a player in there as well. And he brings vast experience of Premier League games as well. Um, the, the, the the player who, or the signing, sorry, I'm most looking forward to, uh, it feels like a new signing because we've not seen him in a Watford shirt until this season, but we actually signed him back in 2017. Uh, it's a chap called... Chucho Hernandez. Now, we signed him in 2017 from Granada, as many people will know, Watford uh, were owned, well, are owned by the ex-owners of Granada and the current owners of Udinese as well. So there's a lot of interchanging with players going on loan there, here, there and everywhere. Um, We signed Chucho Hernandez through Granada because of the rules allowed him to. He didn't have a work permit, so he couldn't come over. We actually signed him in 2017, and it's now the 21-22 season, and we're only seeing him for the first time now. Um, He's an exciting young South American forward. I think he's still only 22 as well, Uh, and he's got goals out on loan at Getafe. I think he had a, a season... Uh, he had a season with another team, the, the name escapes me at the moment, but he uh, he helped steer them towards promotion uh, to La Liga. So he's a really, really exciting player that I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, hopefully he'll be playing you know, through the middle in that 4-3-3. But then again, if he doesn't, we've got Josh King to fall on and obviously I've had, I've had my say on him as well. So yeah, there's a couple that I'm really looking forward to seeing this season. Oh, absolutely. And I I guess to kind of keep on this theme, if you're looking at one area of the football pitch, what's probably Watford's strongest? Because 
when I look at it, I mean, you guys do have a very good goalkeeping tandem, I would have to say, and that's probably one of the most important things. I always believe you kind of have to start from the back. So maybe that's one area. But when you look at it, where do you see it? Um, I think it's probably going to be out on the wings this season. Um, I, I actually had a conversation with, uh, I, I thought defence-wise, the centre-back pairing of Trusta Kong and Sierra Elsa, I think as well, Sierra Elsa will shock a lot of people this season. Uh, he was an absolute rock at the back for us last season and I'm, I'm really looking forward to him putting his, you know, putting those performances into the Premier League, the best league in the world. So it's going to be really interesting in that regard. Um, but I think the defence probably could do with another centre-back in case one of those two gets injured. So the defence, yeah, I, I had a bit of a, um, not argument, but a bit of a debate with my co-host on our podcast the other day saying, no, we don't need another centre-back, we're fine, uh, but <laughs> we do. Uh, so I think out wide, obviously, Ishmael Assar, someone Villa fans will be you know, well aware of. He's obviously been linked with Villa a couple of times last season and this season. Uh, and then on the other side, whether we play Ken Semmer, whether we play uh, Imran Loser, who's a, a new guy from uh, from Nantes, um, and we, we've got other players as well. We've got um, Dennis who can play out on the left. We've got Josh King can even play out wide as well. So I think the wide areas is where it's going to be um, our most exciting this season. Fair enough. It's always good to get it straight from the, the, the bird's mouth, I guess, if that's a saying. I don't even know. Maybe I just made it up. But nonetheless, um, I, I guess this kind of general Premier League expectations for Watford. I mean, it's simple enough to say, I hope we just stay up. But I mean, if you look at, I mean, I don't know how great Sheffield United really is as a kind of sample size anymore, considering they had one good season, got found out, and now we know what they're doing now. I guess you can maybe look at Leeds and how well they did. And then, of course, you have other teams throughout history who have just kind of scraped it and survived on the very last day, i.e. Villa. So I guess from Watford's standpoint and yours, and maybe even just the general fan bases that maybe you've talked to your friends, colleagues, whatever, what's kind of the expectation this season? Uh, well, I, I think it, it is cliche cliche to say, but you know, personally, I'd snap your hand off at 17th. You know, we, we're coming back up to the Premier League. Yes, we've had one season in the Championship, but and before that, we were uh, had five years in the Premier League. So, you know, we're on our way to being an established Premier League team before we got relegated. But the 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 bottom line is, we did get relegated and we have come back up. That expectation for every promoted team is the bottom line is to stay in that division. So yes, it's a boring answer and yes, it's a cliche answer, but 17th and above for me and for any other Watford fan, I'm sure they'd snap their hand off. There's a lot, the, the thing is with, with us, right? we're a funny old bunch on Twitter, our fans are. There's a lot of negativity at the moment and the ball's not being kicked. And I think it might be because of maybe the lack of signings in areas that we perhaps need this season. Uh, we've obviously got that uh, ongoing sort of contract dispute and reject the contracts with uh, Will Hughes, Nathaniel Chalabar, uh, and obviously the, the signings that Villa have made uh, probably scaring a few as well. Now, I know from your point of view, you probably talked about this on your actual podcast, but I think I've read that maybe a couple of them won't be ready in time for Saturday. I don't know, but nonetheless, the, the squad that Dean Smith has assembled there, um, it, it, it is quite an exciting squad. So, yeah, there's a lot of negativity, but I think once once a ball is kicked, uh, I think every Watford fan will obviously suck me hand off at 17th. I've personally said I think we'll finish 14th this season. Uh, I, I think we won't do anything. We won't set the world a lot or anything, but we'll, we'll, do, we'll do enough to keep our head above the water. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anything really for any promoted side above 17th is a bonus. And it's nice to have maybe those few extra spots where you can look at and say, you know what, we exceeded most expectations we can push on from here. And I wouldn't really say Villa is maybe the best example for that, but I, I guess in some ways, maybe of recent, you can kind of see where if you have the proper investment in the structure, youth academy whatever you can kind of move on and uh, move upwards of course we're, we're going to wait to see what happens on villa standpoint because now it is life without jack Grealish. so i know a lot of people are kind of throwing out their comfort blankets as it is or burning them which i don't really agree with but anyways <laughs> um as is the old tradition when your favorite player leaves your club but anyways uh let's not talk about that because i've already probably cried myself to sleep for the last several nights <laughs> anyhow um let's get on to the game itself of course like i said it's on saturday at Vicarage Road. So it's an away one for Villa, of course. But I guess for the fan base as a whole, being Watford, how good is it going to be to get back to Vicarage Road? Yeah, I mean, personally, on a, on a personal level, I'm probably the worst person to ask because I'm not actually going to the game. Uh, this is the first season that I've had to give up my uh, my season ticket uh, for, for various reasons. So a little bit disappointed I won't be there. But um, yeah, listen, the, the, the last game that... that fans were in uh, we were part of one of the trial um, pilot schemes where they had I think it was 2,000 fans in uh, I think the champ they if you depending on what area you were in and depending what tier the area was in you was allowed 2,000 in um, so we had I think we had fans in for two games that that was crap that, that that's not gonna you know that's not going to replicate the the full Vicarage Road. And I'm not just saying this from a bias point of view, but when Vicarage Road gets rocking, then my God, we've had some good nights at Vicarage Road. When it, I know it's obviously a three o'clock game, but we've had some good times when Vicarage Road gets rocking and the main stand, the rockery, when that gets rocking as well. So I think I speak on, every, on behalf of every fan. It is just going to be so, so good if you're there at the game, soaking up a proper... Premier League game as well. I think the funniest thing, me, me and my co-host often joke about this on, a, on our podcast. If you think about it, the last time we had fans in, in our stadium for a competitive game, like a full sort of house, if you like, we were a Premier League side. Mm. So for us, last season might not have happened. You know, who knows? It, it could have just been a bad dream for one season. We're back in the Premier League. But no, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm buzzing. I'm not even going. So I can't even imagine what the people that are going are feeling like. It's just going to be so, so good to A, have a, a full capacity stadium and B, have Premier League football back at Vicarage Road. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things too where, and I mean, we've seen kind of in the championship in League One and League Two as well, if you've either been there or just seen on TV, it's it's definitely not the whole kind of you against us mentality. It's It's kind of feels like everyone's really together and that's purely because no one's really been to games collectively for so long and hopefully that kind of mentality lasts for a little bit longer because it just feels so special and so good but I guess to get back to the game we know or I guess we don't really know with Villa we won't probably know until probably Thursday or Friday prior to the game of course we're recording this on a Tuesday you'll hear this on a Thursday so uh, my guess is as good as anyone's we don't know if we'll hear or see Emmy Buendia uh, Leon Bailey is no way making it of course because he's coming out of COVID um, not having COVID I should say but being locked away for basically two weeks to be cleared and of course uh, we don't really know what's going on with Ollie Watkins who came off in our last friendly with a uh, slight little um, I think it was a thigh strain if anything so hopefully he makes that but of course now we have Danny Ying so that's a little bit different I'm a little bit more comfortable that it's not Wesley Um, but nonetheless I guess 
from your standpoint going into this one, I mean, everyone wants to get their season off to a flyer, but I guess what's your, not only your expectation, but if you want to give your prediction for this one as well. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's going to be, you know, uh, it's going to be a tough game. And I know, I I don't know if there's many Villa fans that sort of read into statistics as such, but um, Villa's record at Vicarage Road isn't actually very good. They've only won once um, since, you know, having ever played at Vicarage Road. Uh, I think that might be, what, not 10, 11 games possibly. So on paper, um, you know, it it looks good for us. But listen, this is a different Aston Villa side. Obviously, um, the last time we played at Vicarage Road, we we won quite convincingly. I think it's fair to say I, I still have nightmares about the return fixture because I was there. Um, so, but yeah, no, listen, I, I think the home advantage definitely helps. Again, cliche to say, I'm, I'm dropping a lot of cliches in this uh, <laughs> this interview. But um, yeah, it, it will definitely help because, you know, having had the best home form in the, in the league last season, listen, I get that it's a big jump from having good home form in the Championship to then replicating that in the Premier League. But I still think that will play on players' minds. They, they know that what is happening when they're stepping on the turf of Vicarage Road, that's, that's going to be installed within them. So um, I, I think that will definitely help. Uh, I think we're going to have to maybe ride our luck a little bit. You know, I think you might mention there, Emi Buendia uh, looks like he's going to be injured. Um, you're not sure what's going on with Ollie Watkins, Leon Bailey still isolating. So we may have to ride our luck a little bit with this one. But I, I'm, you know, I think with a full fit squad for us and providing he plays the right players, then I think it can be a very, very competitive game. It will be a very, very close game. Uh, I am going to predict 2-1 to Watford, but it's going to be a very, very hard-fought first game back in the Premier League. Uh, I, I know far too well how you know confident Villa fans are this season. Uh, coming from Birmingham myself and having a lot of Aston Villa supporting friends, um, you know the the bank has already started. the The messages have already been traded so far, so I know full well how Villa fans are, are looking forward to this season. And I, I think you know I, I'm not just saying this because I'm on the podcast, but I think Villa are going to be one of the most dangerous teams this season, and they're really, really going to push. But I think we we can maybe ride our luck a little bit with with the injuries that you might have, and uh, just. And I mean, just sneak it. Well, I mean, there's, well, let's, let's just get this out of the way. There's the inevitable Troy Deeney. Um, I feel <laughs> like he scores against us. So I know yeah. that's coming at some point, um, or at least he'll end up with some kind of positive um, result against Watford, whether that be, or against Villa, I should say, whether that be an assist goal, whatever, um, a crunching tackle. We'll have to wait and see. He absolutely loves it. And it's kind of as annoying as it is being a Villa fan and seeing that you also kind of, love it in a weird way just that competitiveness but anyhow yeah it's a tough one for us because i look at it and i sit there and think okay we still have our defense goalkeepers the same midfield's really the same um we do have probably some uh, youth team players that'll make this step up i know uh philogene bidas and chukwameka are definitely probably very close to premier league ready so that'll be interesting um it's really a tough one going forward. I know, like I said before, having Danny Ings now, I think that's a little bit different than saying, okay, going to a Wesley who hasn't played more than I think like 30 minutes in over a year and a half due to injury. So that gives us a little bit more too, but it's a tricky one because like you said, they're going to Watford for us has been such a trouble and not even that it's, it's the first game of the season. And you sit there and think, how is your team or my team really going to, I guess kind of started off and 
the, the other dangerous thing I see too is a lot of people read into one game and it's such a long mm-hmm. campaign and you almost oh, yeah. have to remind yourself whether it's win, lose or draw, there's still 37 other games. It's it's going to be a long run and it's kind of survival of the fittest. We all probably know Man City's going to run away with it. So there's not going to be any um, shock um, results for either of our sides probably winning the league. But nonetheless, it's very appreciative to hear a Watford fan come on and say they think our team's going to do all right. Because um, I think there's way too much pressure on Villa and I don't like <laughs> pressure on Villa because... My version of pressure on Villa is seeing Paul Lambert and other club or other <laughs> managers um, that haven't um, done too well, i.e. Remy Gard, shout out to him, or Di Matteo, et cetera, et cetera, or even Steve Bruce, throw him out there. Why not? Um, I'm sure he'll be struggling with the relegation battle this season too. But anyways, Mike, uh, we've got your prediction there. So if I'm going to say mine so boldly, I will go the other way. I'll go 2-1. Um a little bit healthy rivalry there. It's always good to have, but I do appreciate you coming on and saying and believing that your team's going to win. You don't have any people come on here and just say one, all two, all just to keep it kind. (laughs) So it is appreciated. But the one thing I do want to ask you before we get off here, and you did mention that I didn't even know this before we had our little chat. How does the connection to Watford kind of come up though? If you're from the Birmingham area. Yeah, so uh, my my dad was actually born in Watford General Hospital, which is a hospital right next door to the ground. Uh, but obviously, growing up in Birmingham, you know, surrounded by lots of uh, Aston Villa and the other team in Birmingham, whose name mm-hmm. I won't mention for uh, your guys, uh, being surrounded by by those, um, I, I I've been I used to go to a, a, a few Villa games here and there. You know, if if mates were like, oh, I'm going down to the Villa today, you want to come? You know, I'd I'd go down. Uh, most notably against Crystal Palace because it's always fun seeing them lose. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, I did. <laughs> I must admit, I did used to have a little bit of a soft spot for Villa until the uh, the nineteen twenty season when inevitably you, you lot relegated us. So uh, <laughs> that sort of diminished a little bit towards towards the end of that season. But no, I, I'll always have a soft spot for Villa. You know, family live right by the Villa ground and everything. So yeah, it's it, it is a team that I uh, I sort of look out for now and then. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it's it's interesting being a Watford fan in, in Villa, and it's just a shame it wasn't at Villa Park this one because uh, it would have been nice and easy to get to. But yeah, my uh, my memories of Villa Park last season are, uh, are ones that I, I wish to never ever remember and never ever relive again because that was single handedly one of the most heart wrenching games that I've ever been to. Considering it started so well and then it ended so 